0: Welcome to episode 267 of This Is Whole Life. I love saying this is whole life.
1: I like it. It's got a real ring to
0: it. It does. And hey, check out that new uh, logo. Because not only was the name of the show Ken's idea, Ken reconfigured the logo and it's better than ever. So if you saw it last week, now it's even better. Because I'm not a graphic designer. I told you last week I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express. You know, but we Ken? just
1: we're just a good team. That's all there is we to it. I are. mean, you came up with the idea, and and but I, and, but what did I
0: tell everyone last week? The more time you spend with Ken one on one, the smarter you become. And you laughed. You <laughs> laughed. You said, "I want to see that science." And I said, "Ken, that's common sense." And I I stand vindicated. I am
1: wordless. <laughs> I still stand by that. That's not true. That's (laughs) not
0: true. (laughs) Well, you know what? This past week we did a couple of really cool things here at Whole Life Church. I wanted to make sure you guys were all aware of them because, you know, maybe you didn't catch the service online and you just count on the podcast as your, you know, your outlet for everything Whole Life. And so just want to make sure you're not going to miss these first. And this one's probably not a surprise. We continued our series on This Is Us and on our values as a church community. And we talked about the value of grace. Now, hang on there because there's going to be more on that coming straight ahead. But I wanted to make, take a moment and have Ken welcome our newest member of the team here on the podcast. Now, I wasn't surprised at all that Ken would see a need and fill a need. Okay? I, I just wasn't. And he rounded out our podcast team with a high-quality new edition. So, Ken, would you please introduce us to Ray?
1: I'd be happy to. Uh, sitting off to my right is, uh, is Ray. He's fantastic. He uh, works hard. And I actually feel like I'm smarter by being around him. So Are you? yeah, I really like Ray. He's well, a good guy.
0: Ray is the quietest guy I've ever met. It's it's almost like he's not in the room sometimes. Yes. He's that quiet.
1: You're gonna be glad though that we have Ray on the show because yeah. if anything ever goes wrong, that was Ray. That was Ray. But it I was heard Ray.
0: that Ray is probably what got him hired. He did a great job last week on a bonus episode with a little <laughs> short story by Ken. So if you are listening to that episode right now because it came up in your feed next, you're going, wait a minute, what? Wait, wait, what? Bonus? Yeah, yes. That was Ray. That was Ray. And, and a great story by Ken, which made me laugh. And my wife actually listened to the bonus episode.
1: So is, are you saying
0: she's not a regular listener to the podcast? No, she's not. And part of, well, she'll tell you that first off, she can't, like listen and then do other things because she'll forget what she's listening to. The other one is my voice puts her to sleep. Well, I uh,
1: <laughs> I have to tell you though, uh, Randy, that when Ray made that change, yeah? it threw off my mom. And my mom is I'm I'm gonna guess my mom is listening right now. So I'm gonna say hi mom. And hi, she, Mrs. Wetmore. She was she said, I, I can't find this bonus episode I'm hearing about that Ray put out <laughs> Right. Um, because she was watching the church service. Uh, this this bonus episode that Ray put out, I can't find I it, it, anywhere. it anywhere. So, uh, you know, uh, Mom, I sent you the text. I hope you found it. And uh, for those of the rest of you who haven't found it, Ray had a genius idea when he dropped that bonus
0: e- episode. Did. You should listen to it. It's he pretty did. good. Good job, Ray. So Excellent job, Ray. Excellent job. So, Mrs. Wetmore, I mean, I've never met you. I've seen you on a video, mm-hmm. a single video. Right. And so if you have feedback for Ray, for Randy, for Jeff, for Ken— then 407-965-1607, you can text it. You can leave us a voicemail. We, I would love to play your voice on the air on the next podcast. If you leave us a voicemail, let us know. You know, anything we should be doing different, anything Ken should be doing different is really what I'm asking. But, <clears throat> uh, you know, but Ray Ray Ray's doing a great job. So if you have anything to add or you can, if you're an email person, podcast at e- podcast at wholelife.church. Now podcast at email, what? Podcast at wholelife.church. That's more confusing. Text might be easier. Or the voicemail. I'd really love to hear your voice. We're going to blame Ray for that. That's it. Ray. This is Ray's idea, but I think it's a good one. All right. All right. Now, the next thing that we did, and this is likely less noticeable, was that while Ray and I seemingly have a quite a bit in common, <laughs> I realized yet again that Ken and I have a lot in common as well. We've already confirmed that uh, we remember that we don't remember names very well by putting them with faces. It's just, it's just not a strong suit for either of us. But also that we hate buying tires for Ford freestyles. Did you with,
1: have a Ford Freestyle? With
0: extremely rare 17-inch rims for which tires are manufactured by only three brand of tire manufacturers in total, <sighs> teaching valuable lessons on both supply and demand, and that Ford is famous for scrubbing the outside of your tires off quickly, efficiently, and without any recourse. They're very wow. expensive. I present to you Ken Wetmore, my wife's current vehicle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish if, you're, if, you're, if you were sitting here in the studio, you would be looking at a beautiful... It looks like a Ford Freestyle to me. They they've they actually called it. I think the the like they have it like the X. The the this was is that
0: ours is the Freestyle, and it's yeah. The, there was one bigger one. Okay. There was one yeah. more that had so like so like the
1: Ford Freestyle. Though what you need to understand, it's like it's a sports van type of thing. It's actually on a on a truck chassis on a Volvo chassis. Okay. Yep. And. It, and it's, it's a really great car if you live in Spokane, Washington and have to plow through two to three feet of snow. Um, it's also pretty good at going through water from what I can tell. Yeah, but the, the problem is one tire gets a little bit bald and you have to replace all four because all-wheel drive, they all have to be... Uh, basically within a certain mill or it messes up the computer system or something Well, and like that. ours is
0: only a front-wheel drive. So oh. ours is not all-wheel drive. Well, congratulations the, then. Right. You're in I, Florida. So I know you don't really need the all-wheel drive. We're better drive. than – we're at least ahead of the game on that one. And if you own one or if you're thinking about buying one, I'll give you this little piece of advice. About three times a year, Costco does a buy three, get one free Ooh. tire sale. And that is the only way I can afford to put tires on this car because they go quick. They do. And if you buy the Michelins, I'm just saying they last a little bit longer did more expensive they? but they're the best tire we've had on them so far good to know there you go so yes my wife and she's she like she said, hey, uh,
1: ken and randy i thought this was a spiritual not the uh <laughs> the the car and uh
0: well this is like shade tree mechanic portion of the show but gotcha. we, we want to make sure that if you were going to buy a car like this you need to know the facts in ahead of time because you saw what it did to ken
1: yes buying it, these tires it brought it. me to a spiritual crisis
0: and it's done the same for me. And so my wife is looking at the picture and I'm like, what did you notice? That was kind of funny, right? Like Ken had a – and she's like, that's not the same car. And I'm like, no, no, it was the same car. And she's like, no, it wasn't. And Ellie's like, mom, yeah, definitely, same car. She's like, I don't think so.
1: <laughs>
0: but she didn't get a good it's look good at the picture. good thing she's not listening to this podcast. She's not. She's not. So we don't have to worry about it. All right. So while Ken and I share you know, a disdain for purchasing expensive tires needlessly, mm-hmm. were you able to ascertain why God couldn't do something as simple as – just taking care of four new tires, or why the myth of works one day a week still exists? Did you figure those out through the process of this of this message?
1: Uh, it was a uh, it was I definitely did. Definitely, God was working on my character, and uh, <laughs> just as the uh, just as my tires were getting rounded off, so were the rough edges of my that's character. So there you, wow, go. Yeah, that, there you go. that's
0: a nice. I, did you that, like that? That's a better. That's I came
1: up with that right here on the spot. Did you? Yeah, that's better no than no extra charge.
0: <laughs> that was better than I thought it was going to be. I yeah. like it. So now, unlike Ken, I was quite pleased with Tim Keller's assessment of the younger versus older brother and he called it what the parable of the two lost sons two or, lost sons
1: and uh, or the prodigal god the prodigal father
0: mm-hmm. yeah because this story might be one of the best biblical onion stories we have mm-hmm. it seems like everyone that tackles it peels a different part yep. of the onion and we find out things we've never considered maybe or or different angles yeah you know tim's view of the older brother working for his father's love now that's a sobering idea for many who've only seen and understood the treasonous younger son as that would be me because I'm the youngest and we all know that, you know, we do. the youngest are. you knew you, knew
1: But that, see, that's the thing. That's that's what really just hit me about that parable is that it really is. a You think it's a parable about the younger brother. It's really a parable about the older brother.
0: I've never heard that it was a parable about the younger brother or the father, which in the last probably five years, and I don't know, maybe it was because of Tim's book, mm-hmm. that maybe all this, people started going, well, wait a minute, maybe there's more here. Because yeah. growing up, it was always like, you don't want to be like the younger one. Yeah. And it was never a story. Like, the older one was only just a bit player. Like, he got his part where it's like, geez, dad you didn't do anything nice for me and you're like oh yeah but but you're there you got fed and you know yeah.
1: and the funny thing is like i've actually heard um sermons where the older brother is kind of almost eulogized. oh good for him you know he stayed home he did what he was supposed <laughs> yeah. to like
0: we don't even give him a piece. and he, you know he
1: shouldn't have been upset about his younger brother coming home but it's understandable of course so yeah. you know and 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 of course i i actually like those sermons cuz i am an older brother and uh and so <laughs> it, it made a lot of sense to me i remember actually um, I was doing a whole series of sermons when I was the pastor of the Upper Columbia Academy Church. Shout out to Upper Columbia Academy if anybody's listening. But anyway, uh, when I was pastoring that church, I did a series of sermons on the on the parables of Jesus, and I got to this one, and and I literally felt nauseous when I preached that sermon because I was so upset because at the end of the ser- at the end of the Jesus parable, if you read it carefully, the older brother really is the villain at the end. Yeah. Um, and I, I just and that was a period of time where uh, my family was going through some some kind of rough time. My my younger brother was was kind of playing that younger brother part pretty well, and I was playing the older brother part really well. I was you know very sanctimonious and oh, look at me working for God. You know here I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I remember kind of getting uh, preaching that. And you know uh, I try not to be fake when I preach, but I think I probably was pretty fake on that particular sermon because I just did not feel it. And it was only shortly after that that I went and listened to a very good. I went and heard a good sermon on the on <laughs> on, on that topic from yeah. Tim Teller and it was, uh, it was it was it was actually uh, life changing for me. It really really changed my walk with God. Um, that's
0: amazing. What are you? Is it just you and your brother? Or do you have any? It's other just siblings? the
1: two of us. Yeah. I mean, and so that's why that, the story just hits really really close to home for us. And we both we have a great dad. So my dad I think would be a, a an excellent stand in for the father, the father in that father, story. Yeah. So that, that
0: story really does hit pretty close to home. Well, I mean, I'm the youngest of two, and I wouldn't say my brother was playing the other part because I don't think he – even though I was playing my part really well, I don't think he thought of me as that person or he didn't – I didn't feel like he ever really looked down on me. At that time, it just seemed like the story – like it fit really well and, again, not not putting any shade on him because I I didn't feel that way. But growing up, it was such a different story. It just makes me wonder, like, how many other stories have we not looked at close enough? Whether we're looking at this from a grace perspective, whether we're looking at this from a love perspective. I mean, there's 10 different ways you could attack any Bible story teaching lessons. But I'm like, what else have we missed? Because this one just seems to keep—these are always seemingly, like, really to the heart of the matter. What is it about this story that just changed your life? Was it just that other realization about being the older brother, or was it more?
1: I think, you know, what a great point you're making, though. And in, in I kind of want to tease—use this opportunity, since you're, you're kind of throwing me a softball, to tease that this next week we're talking about the Bible and why it's one of the values at Whole Life. And and kind of going to what you were saying is that there's so much of the Bible that you think you understand, and you do. You, you yeah, understand it, but it's, sure. it's kind of like— It is kinda like understanding math when you're in first grade. You do understand math. You just don't under you know, you just start learning that there's so much more to it as you go on into into upper grades and, you know, on to advanced math and calculus and so on and so forth like that, you you kind of realize that nothing changed with math is just as you grow and And mature you 're able to understand more, and I think that sometimes we make a mistake, and that when we read through the bible we, we, we th- oh i 've already read that, so I already understand it and And it's interesting how God, depending on where we're at in life, we'll read parts of the Bible and I think I never saw that before. I never. I mean, I think I read a a Bible verse um, this last week. It was from First Peter chapter five, I do believe, and it talks about this is God's grace for you, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's talking about persecution. One of the different ways that I do worship is I'll I'll go through and and paraphrase a book of the Bible into into my own words. Um, So I'll take the, the the book and I'll just write it out in my own words. And I'll study the passage as I go. And I was doing that with uh, First Peter, and I came in and I thought, "What? Wait, wait a minute. This is your grace. The, you know, persecution, hard times. This is God's grace for you." And I thought, "Well, what am I missing here about grace?" I kind of always thought it was kind of warm fuzzy and happy. You know, it's like God's, you know, God's goodness, the good things. You know the. <laughs> The you know winning the lottery stuff like that and here Peter is saying no this God's grace for you is persecution and so sometimes and I brought this out in the sermon that sometimes grace isn't pleasant sometimes when God does good things for us it isn't always comfortable and so to go to your point yes I think that as you grow in your different places in life you will peel back the layers of the onion that's there yeah. and when it, particularly when it comes to Jesus parables they are really deep and the beautiful thing about a story. Or a parable is unlike sometimes just straight teaching. When you when you say do this, don't do that, more of a Ten Commandments style of teaching. You know, honor your mother and father, don't steal. There's depth there too. But when you take a story and tell somebody a story, you can hear that story. 15 different times and get 15 different lessons out of it. And, yeah. and the same thing's true—I mean, that's that's why Jesus told the parables, is because at different points in your spiritual walk, you will get more and more and more out of it as you go. But even at the very beginning, you get important things out. and You can't discount that either. And so when Tim retold the story of the prodigal father— um, who's wastefully extravagant with both sons. I think that one of the fascinating points that, that Tim brings out is that the way that the older son talks to his father at the end of that story, it's disrespectful and so disrespectful that within Jewish culture uh, or within the law in the book of Deuteronomy or Leviticus, the older son actually had committed a capital offense. Whoa, He could have been put to death for the way he talked to his father. Now, was that the usual custom in those times? No, it wasn't. But according to the letter of the, the law, law yeah. which was what the older oh, yeah. brother was playing by, sure, he could have been put to death for the way that he spoke to his father. Because in our English, we translate it into very nice, uh, you know, hey, dad, why did you do that? But he he actually is, in his culture, in his time, in his place, in the language he uses, he—, he essentially spits on his dad slaps him in the face and calls him a moron so
0: uh, he knows what he's
1: doing yeah, when he's using yeah. this language the older I mean, father the older son absolutely knows what he's doing he just he he like most of us when you kind of get to a place of frustration you lose it and you you find yourself the real heart of yourself coming out you kind of find out what's really on the inside that yeah. you've been kind of bearing and Ooh. and so this older son needed grace he needed his father's grace and mercy just the same way that the younger son needed it but he didn't recognize it because he thought that because he was out in the field supervising or doing whatever it was that he was doing as an oldest son, that somehow that made the father owe him something. Mm. So he was basically, instead of wanting to be a son who inherits simply because he's a son, he wanted to be a supervisor who who gets things because they work for 40 hours a week. He was taking on that role instead of the role of the son.
0: Now, see, when you say it like that, it doesn't make any sense, Ken. But but yet to the rest of us, we still do it, right? It's oh, like we, we all want a deal. We all, yeah. we all go shopping if we have a coupon, right? Yeah. We'll all go like, hey, 20% off, I'm, I'm, I'm in for that. But, yeah. but great. No, 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 no. I'd like to work for that, please. Yeah. I don't <laughs> – that is still
1: – And we do that with God all the time. Even people who – who don't consider themselves legalistic. It's, it's interesting to me how often we really go into that mentality of God. It's it's one of the reasons why I don't like the prosperity gospel message that that's out there, that God wants you to be mm, a millionaire yeah. and have a nice house and everything be perfect in your life. It just simply— a workshop and legalistic viewpoint of God. If you if you punch the right buttons, then God is a vending machine that spits out the right candy that you that you asked for and <laughs> that you put the coins in for. And and that's just not simply how God works. God wow. is interested and I said I said something I don't know if it was provocative to anybody in there, but God's not interested in your earthly comfort. And and I, I say that and I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, because God does care about us and He does care right. about but like any good parent, he's a lot more concerned about our character. He's a lot more concerned about our eternal welfare than our earthly welfare. And so I think that sometimes the, the, the difficulties in our life are the things that are the refining sandpaper. I, don't, I can't imagine that sandpaper feels great to the wood. As it's is the woods being smoothed out by the by the sandpaper, if, as if wood could feel. But in in the same way, I think that sometimes the things that sand out in our lives they're rather unpleasant, they're uncomfortable, we don't enjoy them, and yet they are what make us the better person that we need to be. I think back on the times in my life where I've suffered significantly, and I look at those things and I and I see them as God's grace for me. If yeah. he hadn't done those things, I don't think I would be where I'm at today. No, I and agree. I and I know I have a long ways to go. So sure. that's not yeah. me saying I've arrived. But I do think I'd be a much worse person had it not been for God's grace in those difficulties that that have made me a better person.
0: Now see, this week I felt like I needed to be a little bit nicer to Ken. I've been kind of taking him to task right away because he's been, like, dropping the hammer on us each week really quickly. And he waited a little bit this time. A little bit. You know, he told some stories first, and we went <laughs> through the rest of it. And before we got to what he just mentioned, I was like, well, when do I drop the, hey, isn't that a bit harsh moment for the week? And so, you know, directly from his sermon notes, and I quote, grace isn't always pleasant. And I'm thinking to myself, well, here we go. So, which was immediately followed by the super uplifting verses found in First Peter 5, 10 through 12. Yep. This is from the NLT. It says, In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. And I love this part. I bolded it because it's important. So after you have suffered a little while, hint, hint, (laughs) he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. That sounds good. My purpose in writing is to, next bolded sentence, is to encourage you and assure you that what you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you. Stand firm in this grace. Well then, stand firm in this grace that allows you, or chooses you to suffer, because it is without a doubt part of God's grace for you. Yeah. That's Randy's paraphrase. Don't that's, uh, that's good. Not, not, that's not for Ken. It didn't come from the Bible. Uh, why would this be enticing or desired by anyone? I mean, once again, the thing we can't earn or deserve that used to seem so wonderful seems to be lacking a little, a little luster there. So I mean, do I, you know, do I break out the polish, and or do I just have to look back? But I don't look back. I'll, okay, let's just be honest. I don't look back on a lot of those things, like you just described. I do now. Okay. Let me rephrase this one more time. I do now more than I ever have. Right. But for a long time, I did not look back at those things and go, well, thanks a lot, Jesus and God. That was great. You know, I'm such a better off person. I'm a more well-rounded person. I've learned from those mistakes. And a lot of those mistakes I haven't made again, or I haven't made them to the same degree. But that's a tough sell for a lot of people. And yeah. I-, I get it. And that's that's well, hard.
1: you know at one point in my life I was a reporter and I covered the military and I love all things special forces. I'm just always fascinated by it. I don't I don't I know I could never have done the stuff yeah. that they have to do <laughs> to get where they're at. But I look at what uh, I've read I can't remember I've read so many books about from Navy Seals about mm, going yeah, most, through what they have to do just, just to, to get, just to yeah. become just to have the right to to put to a little <laughs> you know pin on their chest and that's no little pin that's a big deal right? right and and they go through you know what's called hell week and that's that's only a small amount about, of what yeah. they have to do yeah. and yet each one of these people is incredibly proud of what they did. And anybody who did not go through that would not be a part of that community because it's part of that process of growing and maturing to be, if you can't handle this, what are you going to do in the real world? And I think that you know, so many people understand that from a military perspective. Yeah, you're going to have to train hard. My point is that all these things after you've accomplished something you look back and you go wow okay yes worth it now in the rearview mirror <laughs> yeah. don't want to do it again i i don't know any navy seal and i've i've known a few that will tell you yeah i'd like to go back and do that again yeah no they they won't they don't want to but they're glad that they went through it, and I think this. That when we think about our Christian life, is there anything in this world that you obtain without having to suffer a little bit? That's worth having. Nah. Whether it, whether it's a relationship, children, I, I will. I would totally, <laughs> Kyle and Eric, I would again do it all over again anytime. But man, there's some painful yep. moments along the way. Yeah, there but, is. But but it's worth it. And, and the same thing with relationships. A lot of people will get to a point in their marriage where they think, "I just can't make it any further. This is it's too hard," and they want to go back to the early stages. But what they realize is when they when they do that, when they go back and start over, they get to that same place. It's still there. And it doesn't matter because it's not the other person that's really the issue. It's it's your heart that, yeah. that's the issue. And I know for me, that's one of the things. That, you know, there's there's these little epiphanies in, you, in life where you have and you think, "Wow." I'm so angry at this person, I'm so angry at that person. Wait a minute, so that's not them, it's actually me. And so it's it's God's grace that he works to sand those things out. And in the end, we're happier people, we're better adjusted people, but it does take a little bit of effort to get through, but it's worth it.
0: Well, I like it because I think what we've been talking about, love and we've been talking about forgiveness and acceptance, and I think if we as— I mean, let's just take whole life as a church community. If we were all on board and said, you know what? I am going to be just a little bit better with God's help. I'm going to be more intentional on being this better person, better version of me. I'm going to look back and I'm going to see what I've gone through, maybe when realize what I might have yet to work on and what God has to work on, obviously not us. But if you prepare all those things and then you come to this part and you go, we really need to be using those as the uplifters so that when we're all here we know we don't want to do it we know we're going to have, there's going to be resistance we know we're going to screw it up somehow to some degree and we're going to need someone there that's going to be walking there beside us in person that we can lean on that we can ask for help that that truly cares they truly accept us they truly love us and when we throw them aside because they're the problem then we you know the forgiveness and I'm just I'm, I've been thinking about this since the message that maybe those are so important that we already discussed those and then when you get to this point you may need to stop just for a minute and go let's uh, dust ourselves off here a little bit let's go and extend some grace to where we need to do it hopefully those that maybe need to extend some to us maybe we're all in a little bit better place and then how impactful are we as a church community? if we're even just a little bit better at it. I'm not saying we're good at it. I'm not saying we're, perf- we're perfect at it. But even if we're just a little bit better at it, what what does that, when we talk about our, our mission and vision and being a church without walls impacting the people of our community, I mean, we're not just talking about it because it's what church does. It's because we really do want to make a difference. And these are all really critical components. i And we know that, but that was just a realization for me that these first couple of weeks when we put this all together, it seems to me like it's a place to just kind of reflect a little bit and go, yeah, if we can get this part, then we can tackle anything, right? Then next week we can use the Bible to our even stronger advantage to just allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. And so it just— for whatever reason that was my that was my takeaway from no it's, what it's we about went through this week. yeah
1: it's about knowing those values they're a flashlight in the dark they show you which you know they show you the obstacles they show you what to watch out for they remind you of how you want to be not necessarily <laughs> how you always are yeah I want to be loving I want to be forgiving I want to have mercy I want to have grace these are things that are that are my values and therefore as I do things and realize that maybe it isn't filled with grace, yeah. I think, well, I'm going to forgive myself, and then I'm going to get back up and, and let God keep working on me and changing me. There's two things, though. If you want, if you really want to grow a little bit, all you have to do is ask God. It's not—the it, yeah. the easiest thing on earth is to work on yourself, <laughs> is to say, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and yeah. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to go ahead and be a better husband. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be better at at whatever it is. That's the easy part. The hard thing is actually to say to God, you make me. Yeah a better husband you make me a better father because when you do that real change actually starts to happen and it it hurts and just like anything else when i'm training myself i don't i, don't, I never i never push <laughs> myself nearly as hard no. as yeah. the, there's two times in my life where i've actually been in decent shape and where i was doing really well with my exercise one was when i had a trainer yeah. that I paid for. And the other time was when I had a, a group of guys that I was training for a triathlon with, and they all pushed me harder hard, than yeah. I would have pushed myself by myself. Yeah, And that's why people say, oh, I don't need church to be a Christian. Well, mm, I guess yeah, not, well, but you, you sure do a lot better in, in community yeah. than you do without it. it. It's what helps you grow. And, and so that's my kind of encouragement to people. If you really want to grow— uh, we kind of have this idea of I need to push harder, I need to try harder. Just ask God to go, grow you, and you'll find that you're, you'll feel like you're slipping backwards because, like, stuff will go wrong. The tires on your car <laughs> will go bald, and you'll be like, "Okay, God, I wasn't talking about that. I just want, I just want to have more patience." And He's like, "Ha ha! Well, go here, <laughs> here, here go. you go, you here, go. start working on that." And it, it not patience that way, not that way. No. I have a different idea. <laughs> But again, if if you really want God to make a change in your life, just ask him to. Yeah. And and there's times where I've told God, "Look, I'm I'm hurting right now. I need a little bit of a break." And God's merciful that way, too.
0: Yeah. That's great. Yeah. The most powerful thing that happened on Sabbath to me was watching the video of your brother who, you know, didn't have, I mean, it starts out and it's like, wow, he's not flattering at all. He's not (laughs) holding, he's not holding back. And when people tell us those things and we know they're correct because we can immediately go, oh yeah, that one, Mm -hmm. that one, that, oh yeah, they're right. Mm." You want to put up your back and just fight back and be like, yeah, but you did. Or, you know, blah, 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 blah. This is why. But I just thought that that part and the story of your dad, that was a tearjerker for your dad to think for a moment that, Maybe I wasn't the best at showing you what Christ was like. And I think, as dads, and probably I'm sure as moms, we can all yeah. resonate with that. That when your kid does something and you go, I know I haven't done a real, the best job, and it wasn't perfect by any means. Do I owe you an apology? Yeah. And I just thought that was four tires for a renewed relationship with your older brother. Yeah. I mean, when you put it that way, standing firm in the grace that comes with the difficulty doesn't seem like such a penalty to pay it because if God said yeah. to you, you know, I know that you and your brother aren't really getting along, but you know, I'll tell you what you buy four new tires and do it with grace. Then, you know, well, I'll, I'll patch that all up for you. Yeah. And that's, and that's oversimplifying it. But of but at the same time, you do it in a heartbeat, yeah. right? Because you love them and you'd rather see the bygones be bygones. Right. You'd rather be back together as a siblings, as blood. Yeah. If you can just condense it down to like two sentences, what would you tell someone going through that experience, knowing now what you know, how do you make it to the other side and then look back and how do you make that work?
1: It's okay to be honest with God about your anger. Mm. That's that's the first sentence. It's okay to be angry and let God know how you feel and be honest about it. And then number two, once you've done that, decide to trust him. Ooh. If you doubt me, uh, read the book of Job. Job gets really upset with God, and he tells God off. He, <laughs> yeah, does. Yeah, he does. He, <laughs> you can you can try to you know wrap it any way you want, but Job tells God off. Yeah, he does. I've done nothing to deserve this. How dare you? Uh, you know, I wish I'd never been born, which again is questioning God's sovereignty because God chose for him to mm-hmm. be born. and I wish I'd never been born, says Job. So it's okay to tell God how you feel and to be honest about it yeah. and to be very candid. It's not like God doesn't read your thoughts. <laughs> so. You know, uh, put it out there and say it, but then, like Job, say nevertheless, will I trust you? Though you slay me, I'll trust you. And that's a hard thing to say. But you know, we all love the warm fuzzy verse: "All things work together to good for the good of those that love the Lord." And and we leave out the last little sentence and are called according (laughs) to His purpose. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Uh, that's that's that and that's kind of key. key, key, And are called according to His purpose. They and and so. And so, what I, my encouragement to you is: if you're if you're suffering right now, if you're if you're dealing with with debilitating disease, if you're dealing with a, a relationship that's just crumbling around you, if you're dealing with financial disaster, if you're dealing with any of those things, and and a, and a multitude of other things that can go wrong in life, you, I do not blame you for being angry and for being hurt and and for for crying and and. The, just the angst that you feel. Yeah. Um, and, and don't let anybody shame you for feeling that way. It, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts. It's crazy that we would give a person who is suffering a hard time for suffering. If somebody's just, you know, worked out to the point where they can barely stand up, we'd understand that. You're like, yeah, that hurts. We're sorry. Good for you, though, for pushing through. Yeah. And don't let anybody shame you for hurting and being in pain. And you tell God how you feel, and that's okay. And then my encouragement is, and and then trust Him. Trust Him and say, I don't get it. It makes no sense, but I'm going to claim the promise that it's going to work out. I'm going to claim the promise that there's beauty uh, from ashes. I'm going to claim the promise that you know my name and that you care about me. And then... You know, find some godly people to come around you and wrap you up in in their love and to hug you and to tell you that they're there, walking beside you through it. And and you know what? If somebody honors you with that, if somebody comes and tells you the difficult time they're going through and how angry they are are at God, honor them by saying that I can understand. Rather than this, don't be angry at God. You had you got You got to just trust Him. Just say, yeah, of course. That don't sounds that friends. sounds awful. Yeah, that sounds awful. Um, I'm glad that that I get to walk beside you through this, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray that God works this out. And I, I trust that he will, but I can understand why you're really angry and why you don't see how it's going to work out. Uh, we need to be a lot more empathetic as Christians than we are. Um, we kind of throw out these platitudes, and we oh yeah, everything will be all right, trust God, trust that. And those are all true, but they're not what people really need to hear when they're hurting.
0: Yeah. You know, if you're one of those people that needs someone to walk by you. At Whole Life Church, we have a great ministry called Stevens Ministers, Mm. and that's exactly what they do. Those are the people that listen.
1: And I would just say, you know, I know that right now they're uh, just—this ministry is just beginning, and they uh, are—they're actually looking for people who are in these kind of situations that they can walk alongside, and they're trained to do it. They're fantastic. I just actually had uh, the leader come up to me this last Saturday at church, and she said, hey, if you know of anybody— who's going through a really difficult time, needs somebody to walk alongside them, we're gearing up, we're looking for those kind of people. So you can just contact the show yep. and uh, get in touch with the church and let us know if, if that's something that would be beneficial to you, and we will
0: we will find one of our Stephen uh, ministers to to come walk alongside you. Absolutely. Amazing ministry. All right. I don't know how we run out of time so fast. We're still new at this together, but we're going to take our questions from the Q&A because we promise we'll get to them every week, and we only have two this week that we didn't get to. Sonny Moretta asks, talk about how grace changes lives, not truth. I always heard it was the other way around. Yeah. and, and I I, think I did that, too, by the yeah. way. Yeah. You've heard that as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. So tell me about that. Um, how does truth change lives?
0: Well, if you have the truth, the truth will set you free. That's what I was told.
1: And that fantastic verse, isn't it? Right. And who is the truth?
0: Well, the truth, the way and the light is God himself, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So Jesus is the truth, right? Yeah. And sometimes what we have made the truth is more of a manual. And so if Jesus is the truth, it, what we found in our verse this week is that he gives grace upon grace to us. Yeah. And so the truth is important. And knowing truth is important, but what changes lives is the relationship with the truth, Jesus, the grace giver. And so when we show grace to people, that's what really gets them. I mean, you just think about the person who, most recently who tried to sell you something that you didn't want and or you didn't think you wanted— it's really rare that somebody will go where i'll be bombarded with quote unquote truth and be like oh now i see it okay now yeah. i now i change my mind and i think maybe perhaps there was a a, a era a long time ago where people are a lot more impressed by you know facts maybe that would be the better way of that facts don't change lives yeah. but grace does and so I mean, we see this in our world today, don't we? I mean, everybody's fighting with each other over uh, the the people who are anti-vax, the people who are pro-vax. They, I mean, we see them yelling at each other all the time on Twitter and Facebook and any other social media platform and the media, and and they're bombarding each other with "quote unquote" truth. Each side has the truth, but neither side has grace for the other. Yeah, and right. I wonder what would happen if we were just a little bit more graceful. Yeah, uh, about saying, okay, that's you. You don't believe that vaccines are effective, okay? okay, all right, if that's how you feel about it, that's fine. For myself, the vaccine's important, or vice versa, whatever it is. Whatever it goes, yeah. But grace is what, in my life, when I see the times that I have changed, when I think about the times in my family's life, the people that are close to me, it's always been because of grace that's been shown to us. And grace coupled with truth is
0: unstoppable. Truth is empty. If, If there's no love that goes with it, then the truth is the truth, fine. I can easily, I mean, I'm just speaking from experience and for many years, I knew what the truth was just because I wasn't part of the church didn't mean I didn't know what the truth was. Mm -hmm. It just meant that what's the difference? If people that believe in the truth and that have the truth are that unhappy and they are that mean to other people and you can disrespect somebody in the house of God, like your salvation is sound, then I don't want that salvation. I don't even want it. I don't want any part of it. I'd rather just be here when my time expires, put me in the dirt. And at the end, I guess I'll pay the piper. That's totally how I felt about it. To me, there's nothing powerful enough in the truth to change my mind to to make me want something that you want me to have, because you know how good it is. You, if you're there, you're like, man, I've seen what God's done in my life. You you should have this. Yeah. But the truth isn't enough. If if it's not the relationship, it's not the grace, it's not I the just, love. I don't. I just. What does the not, Bible say
1: about it? how are we saved? By faith and grace. I mean, yeah, by yeah. faith in Jesus and His grace, right? Yeah, You're saved by grace and faith in Christ. I mean, and and so that's where it. That's what that's what changes lives, and it makes a huge difference. And uh, you, there's nobody who had more truth in Jesus' time than the Pharisees and Sadducees and the religious leaders. They knew their Bibles Inside, backwards yeah, and forwards. Absolutely. They had the whole Old Testament memorized. Think about that. It memorized, not right. not that they could remember. Oh, From this the verse. Scroll, I mean, they yeah. they knew. And yet they still, and yes, Jesus was still crucified. And yeah. so, and we're going to talk about that again more this Sabbath when we talk about the Bible being one of our, our core values at Whole Life Church, but awesome, um, so important to know the Bible. But if you don't know Jesus.
0: <laughs> yeah. Where, where does that leave you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. The last question was from Jahimi. He asked, is God's grace the interim kingship of Christ to earth? And if so, Why? So say that one more time for me. Is God's grace the interim kingship of Christ to earth?
1: Boy, I'd have to think about that one for a little bit. Can, I'm a visual learner. Can I look at that question? Would you
0: like to? And if not, we can always yeah. answer it next week too. If it's something you want to actually think about, it's okay too. And then we can say that Jahami was the first to stump Pastor Ken for just a moment, <laughs> and that's okay. There's nothing, you know. There's, I'm going to go with
1: I. Uh, uh, Jahami, I, I would love for you to kind of elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by that because I'm not sure I'm tracking with you, which that's that's me, not you. Um
0: And so, Jahami, if you're listening, 407-965-1607, just leave us a voicemail and ask your question in a little bit greater detail to make sure we're tracking with what you're asking and we'll answer it next week, no problems, because we can do that because we're in charge and we do what we want. Yeah. That makes sense to me. (laughs) All right. You know, we had some takeaways this week. If you go over to our sister podcast, swipe up in today's show notes. Speaking of grace, they're all there. Do it. And um, they're always good to think about with yourself, your family, someone else. Maybe you're thinking about Holy Spirit's kind of impressing you. Like maybe this is someone you should talk to. These are. Some really easy things that you can talk about, and they open up a whole bunch of dialogue. Our final thoughts are from—it was near the closing to Ken's message. He said, grace inspires grace. Grace changes lives, not truth. Truth is a guide, but it doesn't change people because you can know the truth and still do the wrong thing. But when you experience true grace, that changes lives. And Randy is a living example. So trust me, I know what I'm talking about on this. And I love this idea because truth has always been our superhero as Adventists. If you have the truth, the truth will set you free. We have the truth and we have the numbers. We have the truth. We have all these different things. And I'm not putting any of that down because there's a lot of people that are smarter than me that know a lot more about those types of things. But man, if you start to think about it, the truth alone doesn't come anywhere close to our expectations of what a superhero really should be. And if grace inspires grace, then an unstoppable movement is available to us. And it's ready when we just simply agree to pass that on grace on grace. I just, that was so cool. It just really resonated with me in, in a real, a real way. And it made me think, who, who needs my grace? Everyone that I run into, I need grace. When you put it all together, we're all in the same boat. It kind of makes a team out of everything and a lot more fun, I think. I would agree. All right. This week, we already mentioned it. We're talking about the Bible. Well, now, see, I'm I'm not going to be surprised this week because the Bible is full of things that I'm not surprised about anymore. So, you know, I I don't think you uh, can—I don't think the hammer's coming this week. No? Nah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But I'm not a betting man because as soon as Ken told me he wasn't a betting man, that he'd give you a firm handshake and maybe buy you some ice cream or something like that, I was like, that's probably the better way to go. Yeah. Because I'm not a rich man and I'm not a confident man all the time. No. Oh. Especially not in the Bible, because, you know, there's a lot of people smarter than me. So I'm just going to go, nah. Yeah. Pralines and cream. Best ice cream on earth. Right. So I'm saying no hammer. If you bring the hammer, I owe you ice cream. Pralines and cream. We'll go to Brewster's. You got You're it? wanting me to drop the hammer. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Because <laughs> okay. I want ice cream. Ken. Okay. We can we'll I, figure it out. We'll bring the families.
1: That sounds fun. All right. See? We could see? like we could actually you know what would be fun? What, 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 what? we should have a podcast <gasps> ice cream social. social. Yeah. We could like really? just just say, you know, everybody show up at a certain place at a certain time who's listening to the podcast. Yes. And we'll all eat ice cream together. <laughs> that ha- would be
0: kind of fun. All hail Ken Wetmore. This is a good For idea. For grand ideas of ice cream podcast. Yeah. Two of my favorite things. This is crazy. This, this could be good. And we could like we could,
1: we could take video of it, and we could like we could do some social stuff, and we'd something. be like,
0: oh maybe oh did you would you've liked an invite to the uh, to the uh, ice cream social,
1: and we won't say anything about it at church, so that we'll know who's listening, listening to the podcast. To who shows we will up know,
0: and then next time, yeah. listen, and you'll know where to show up for ice cream. Is that wrong?
1: Would it be bad if we like said we would pay for the ice cream out of your show's budget? My show has a budget. <laughs>
0: This is awesome, people. This is awesome. I don't.
1: I think I better. I better. Ha- I better talk to uh, the, the talk powers to, the B, the that be. The people that purse, right? purse strings people. <laughs> and They're like, wait a minute, You wait, can't make those kind of promises. You can't do that on air. We're going to talk about this. I like the idea of this. I do feel like we should try. You know, some fun things. Or what we could say is, you know, the, your ice cream may or may, may not, not be. be paid for. We don't know. <laughs> Will you show up to find <laughs> out? You know, <laughs> worst case scenario, you have to you know pay for your own ice cream. and- Hang out with cool and hang people. Hang out with and fun people. Awesome people. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Ray might even be there. You don't know.
0: Well, you know, I I feel like the. Uh, am I allowed to say the spirit of Ray will be with us? That that's, that sounds a little more mystical than I, I care to go. So, you know, but Ray's all, let's just say Ray's always here. I feel like it. I do too. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We always enjoy your feedback. So, 407-965-1607 podcast at Whole Life What did we say? What didn't we say? What should we have said? What are you missing? Let us know and we would love to feature your comments on the next episode. Jaimie, we will be looking forward to catching your voicemail one way or another we'll get in touch with you and we will answer that question one way or another thanks for listening guys have a fantastic week